Hi everyone, Stuart here. Just a quick apology for a slight dip in audio quality in this podcast. We were displaced from our preferred recording studio and had to work in somewhere with not the best acoustics. But we hope that you managed to enjoy it anyway. Thank you very much. podcast. Today we are continuing on with our series on draft needs for each NFL team and today we are talking about the NFC South. So in there we have Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now this is a division which has been shaken up a lot over the seasons. There is a lot of needs as we just discussed for some of these teams but even then, you still see them being teams that could all make a push. They all have something going for them. Even Tampa Bay, for large parts of last season, were somehow incredible on offense in terms of moving the ball, but just couldn't score points some of the time. Really weird. Anyway, let's get down to it, and we'll start off with the Atlanta Falcons. And they are picking with the 14th overall pick in the first round of the 2019 NFL Draft. And uh, where do we see them going? We're looking at something like defensive tackle, edge, cornerback. Is that what we're thinking here? Yeah, I think on offense, they're so strong with Julio, Ridley, you know, see Matt Ryan, who's been an MVP in the league. The offensive side of the ball, I... I feel that they need to get more tactically yes. efficient rather than personnel. Yes, they they have the the guys on offense who can really do something there. They might want to get another running back in there perhaps, but we've we've seen them do it before under the right scheme. Is this the year where they put that all together? Not if they've kept the guy that was doing it last year. I, I agree with most um, mock drafts on this. I think that Ed Oliver, mm. because of some issues he's had in meetings and just um, with his team he's going to drop to 14 mm-hmm. and he'll be picked up at 14 by the Atlanta Falcons because he is as I said like a, he can be a generational talent Yeah. when you choose to sit out the last five games of your college team season and annoy your coach mm-hmm. into literally ignoring questions about you in the media that does drop you from 5th overall to about 15th, I'd mm-hmm, say, especially mm-hmm. if no one's going to reach. And there's just such a strong defensive draft in the top 10. So yeah. I think if he is there at 14, you have to pick him. I would say so. I think he is a pretty ridiculous player at his position. Absolute monster before he stopped out. Um, we'd, we'd definitely be taken higher if it weren't for some of those problems with his previous team. So, yeah, if, if he's there, I think you have to take him. I think that's absolutely correct. If he's not there, then maybe you'd end up still going for defensive tackle and picking up someone like uh, Christian Wilkins from Clemson. Uh, maybe Dexter Lawrence if you want a bigger guy through the middle there. Some people still high on Rashan Gary, but I don't think he's the sort of player you would be able to slot into that team or some people would say any team in order to have him actually be a particularly successful player. The Falcons need to make this defence strong mm. because I was just looking up there. They've got Grady Jarrett on the franchise tag. Yes. Dion Jones is back. He should be healthy. Yeah. And if their defence is useless, then it is. they might blow it up. So they, 
Grey Jarrett might end up being traded mm. this season to a team that's in contention. Yeah. Because people don't think that's the way the NFL works. I think it's going more that way. People are always especially, looking for that missing piece. Especially if the Colts have space and they're doing well in the AFC, then they might just make an unbelievably big offer for someone like Grady Jarrett just yeah. to shore things up so I don't, don't think the Colts need it just you know yeah. Duncan Sue's still out there as of recording this podcast yeah. so that's yeah. the thing though if they, they need to prove to these players who they've got coming up for new contracts that they are still strong and can go against the Saints yes play your division so they need to have a good defence that can deal with Michael Thomas mm-hmm. and I think Ed Oliver is the kind of player that can limit what teams like the Saints do in the running game yeah but he's also disruptive in terms of getting through to the quarterback as well yeah alternatively if they weren't going to go that way then you could maybe look outside to the cornerback good chance that like Greedy Williams or Byron Murphy might still be there Uh, DeAndre Baker as well those are kind of interchangeable guys on people's draft boards Uh, Greedy Williams has always been talked up as perhaps the, the top guy but I think that's primarily because his name's really cool uh, yeah, I, I could I could see them going for that, uh, especially DeAndre Baker. I reckon if they could keep uh, a Georgia guy in that building, it's obviously going to be really popular with the fans. You, you've got to shore up that like your cornerback sides when you're going against those those wide receivers in that division. I think the only team that doesn't have one there is Carolina. Uh, New Orleans and Tampa, of course, definitely have big bodies there. We briefly touched on the running back side of things as well. Um, can see them going for someone uh, perhaps with their second or third pick so it's a 45th or 79th again it's just one of these things who's available at that time you might want to go for someone like Damian Harris uh, of Alabama Uh, David Montgomery keeps getting a lot of uh, a lot of love as well I don't know they're, they're one of these teams that last season they should have done better than they did they shouldn't be in this position they should be further up they just made a complete mess of it. Well, they, they only played like two or three formations on offense. Mm. They were very limited scheme-wise with the way the, the offense was put together. So I think if they fix that, add a couple of defensive talents, then they will challenge. But they're in a very difficult division to, to call, to, to do anything. Yeah, I think in that division, you, you really don't know what you're getting. I, I think... Um, I'm not particularly high on Carolina right now, but obviously New Orleans or New Orleans, Tampa Bay. NFC South, you're going to get beat up. You're going to get injuries. You're going to get people with concussions. You're going to get lots of stuff happen during a 16-game season. Of course. And they're going to come out against teams that have had easier runs, like probably the the the, the um, Cowboys and the Eagles mm. are going to come out of their division feeling quite good. Yeah, at division or wild card, so they they just have to get out their division and, yeah. and see what they can do in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. So moving on from Atlanta, uh, we now head up to Carolina, where there's been some comings and goings. Cam Newton's still the guy there. They've uh, ejected Devin Funches from the wide receiver spot, so that wide receiver is going to be uh, quite a popular choice for some people. They are picking with the 16th pick in the draft, and they also need help on the offensive line, as well as an edge rusher, 
uh, possibly a safety is another thing we've got on the board here as well. Who would be available at this time? Uh, we've not really talked about him much yet, but Montez Sweat of Mississippi State. He's a guy, athletic freak, absolute monster of a guy, also runs faster than some wide receivers. If, if he's available here, do you have to take him? Or do you, are you like, unless you've got questions about his health? I think they, they will go for someone like Montez Sweat if he's available at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're a hard one to call because on paper they should be really good. Mm-hmm. Most years. Um, they've got Reed, they've got Keekley. I think they do need an edge rusher mm-hmm. um, just to try and win a bit more of the ball. Yes, they, they do not have Thomas Davis anymore. He's moved on. Yeah, an, an offensive line is something that they really also need to shore up on. So if the likes of Jonah Williams or Jawan Taylor are somehow still on the board, I could see them like swithering back and forth between one of them and Sweat. Other than that, it's probably not going to be quite as much value. Perhaps someone like Andre Dillard. Yeah, I. It's, it's, it's the value when you're in that mid section. There, you do get. You, you've lost some of the players who are of greater value at uh, certain. Like positions of need but then yeah do you just have to go for the, the, the better player at a position that you don't quite need as heavily I wonder about Caroline I think they've been far too conservative with Cam Newton mm-hmm. they've got definitely I'd say on his day a great quarterback to have on your team you've got them to a Super Bowl and they seem to once they got to the Super Bowl Keekley got injured a few times and they just seem to be like oh no we need to protect our asset in Cam Newton and they've been boring mm. Cam Newton is not a pocket passer he, he's good at it and that's why he plays in the NFL but he is an outside the box take hits run down the field make plays he is huge yeah. he is a guy who defenders are scared to tackle because he weighs 80 pounds more than them he, he can just run over some of these guys but if he's not the threat throwing the ball which he wasn't for large stretches of last season because of the injury to his arm, that's not really going to work out very well for you, especially if you don't have a target wide receiver. So with their second pick in the the draft at number 47, you're maybe in A.J. Brown and Keel Harry territory. I reckon, I reckon Harry is one of these guys who would uh, be a good asset to him there. Uh, you know, kind of a... Prototypical size sort of guy, you know, 6'2, 228. Not as fast as DK Metcalf, but he can actually turn and catch the ball if you throw it to him. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to hit him on the back of the head. Yeah, so that, that might be a, an option for them somewhere down the road as well. Any final thoughts on Carolina? Like, they're, they're one of those ones that I seem to hear myself making a lot of noises about, like, eh, or, hmm. Yeah, so they've got Grand Khalil at centre. Mm. I think he was considering retiring. If I was them, I'd be looking to get a very athletic player on offensive line, or mm-hmm. in that line, that can move bodies and create lanes. Uh, actually, no, the Carolina Panthers have signed Matt Paradis from the Denver Broncos. Yes. Who is, he, is, he, is, he is a good centre, yes. Denver tend to like use athletic centres, or offensive linemen anyway. Matt Paradis has sorted, sorted them out in centre there. Left tackle right now is uh, Taylor Motton, apparently. Uh, not someone I've really heard of. They did bring back Daryl Williams, who, at his best, can be one of the best tackles in the league. 
So if that signing works out well for them, that's going to be a really good one. Um, but they do still need to shore up on that other side. Uh, I think Williams is listed as a right tackle. So left tackle is clearly where you need to work on there. But perhaps Taylor Mosson, I don't know enough about him to be honest. He could be he could be alright there, but nothing why I can say. Just like the other position, like they're looking at like safeties and that they there just isn't enough talent to really be looking at this position. No, not yeah. yet. Safety I don't see there being well there's maybe gonna be one in the first round. Perhaps. Uh, don't see too much else. Just depends on what teams are assessing in terms of needs. So yeah, moving on from the Carolina Panthers, we're going to go down south to New Orleans, and we have just recently heard the news that they have signed uh, Jared Cook. So that is going to sort out their need for a tight end. Uh, Jared Cook has had a couple had a couple of really successful seasons over the over the last few years. Uh, in Oakland and in Green Bay. A bit, bit of a journeyman, but wherever he's gone, he's produced. Um, in, in Oakland last year, he ended up being Derek Carr's favourite target. So we don't think that they're going to be needing to get a tight end there. This year, the Saints are picking at... 62. Yeah, the New Orleans Saints do not have a first-round pick. So it's another one of those Dallas Cowboys situations where now we just have to kind of waffle on about them for a while. But... <laughs> They are still an interesting team. Obviously, Drew Brees back again. Do they wait until the second round and then is, is that their successor? Or are they are they definitely all in on Teddy Bridgewater being the guy they're going to give a go here? I think they're in on Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that in terms of position to be in, I'd rather be the Saints picking at 62 than some of these other teams that are picking three times in the first round. Yeah. Um, not, not only do the Saints only have that pick, number 62, in the top two, they don't have another pick until the fifth round after that. Yeah. So we have very little to talk about here. So let's just focus on what they do need and just throw out a couple of hypotheticals. I would say they would like to have a, a cornerback to pair with their other young defensive backs. At that sort of time, you have maybe that uh, Rocky Sin, Julian Love sort of territory. Maybe you go for Trayvon Mullen out of Clemson. He's a guy a lot of people are still quite high on. Maybe you kind of slip down some people's draft boards, kind of fallen off when the likes of Greedy Williams, Byron Murphy and DeAndre Baker are still stomping around. Also linebacker, they could really do with improving through there. But again, by that point, linebacker is really, really thin this year. You got anything? <laughs> there's, there's not much. I um, I I do look and think. Well, there's a few players that they can probably pick up really cheap. Like they could maybe bring back Des Bryant if they needed another weapon. They've already paid him, so they may as well. <laughs> yeah, they may as well may as well get him back in the um, building again. I suppose if they have this many picks on purpose, they have a very good team. Mm. So they they'll pick probably the best player available at each pick they have. And then they could maybe tr- trade that second round pick for a couple of fourths so that they have maybe a couple more players to go for. But I think they're one of the teams, like the Rams, that are probably looking at the AAF, looking at players on practice squads and going, we have the, we have our starting lineups, so we have the chance to go and get a good cornerback, a cornerback that's been a ball hawk in the AAF, or 
that and actually Whoa, but I was like that's a bit of a reach though isn't it I mean um, there's one or two guys there who are clearly head and shoulders above everyone else I'm not I'm not sold on the quality of the AF really for all of it but like it's it's, it's an opportunity for people to showcase their talents what's the cornerback's name you're probably thinking of uh, Will Mm, yeah, he's the LSU guy that's playing for the Commanders. Yeah, I think and so. that everyone seen on Twitter, all the ex-players and current players seem I to. I see you. I see you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so we're clearly not paying enough attention to the AAF because who I was talking about was Will Hill of the Orlando Apollos. Good job, Big Will. There's a couple of guys, that's what I mean, there's a couple of guys that they can bring in in training camp and just see how it goes. It's a free agency thing. So basically, New Orleans Saints, they're building through free agency this year rather than the draft because they don't have one, essentially. Yeah. Because of that, like they've got a couple of extra picks in the sixth and seventh rounds. They're probably just going to take a couple of swings on, uh, on, on guys who have potential, who are going to fall down that far. Yeah, just just pick for whatever is the highest ranked player in your draft board at that point. Doesn't matter what position they are, just go for it. I guess yeah. is probably where they're probably going to think because they don't have much else in the way of capital. Yeah, I really wish I had more to say on the Saints because they are a fascinating team. They are going to be one of the favourites for next season. Uh, this is not the podcast for them, though. No, definitely not. We're really stretching this one out. Long pauses. I'm going to leave all the long pauses in on this one. <laughs> Um, just like that Drew Brees it's getting old Teddy Bridgewater could be the future for them otherwise if, if, it, if it gets down to it and they get someone fall in, like them in the fifth they could go for someone like I don't know maybe uh, Tyree Jackson out of Buffalo seemed to be interesting to some people uh, maybe even a little bit later on you might get your boy Jarrett Stidham out of Auburn Maybe. 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 <laughs> I just don't think you'd take a quarter. With one of these four picks, I just think you're picking the best players you can to build up a really competitive training camp. Because mm. they just need to keep the competition. They've had a couple of bad, bad luck in yeah. a couple of seasons. And um, they just need to keep the right mindset and yeah. just go out and win games. Don't let Teddy Bridgewater rest in his laurels, though. He needs to know that he's got not only to be ready, but be really ready <laughs> and if you give him someone else to compete against maybe even let him start being a leader so start letting him being one of the ones to guide uh, another quarterback there anyway we managed to stretch that out to over five minutes good job uh, after New Orleans Saints we have Tampa Bay Buccaneers oh boy I don't think we're going to have enough time to talk about all the needs for the Tampa Bay Bucks. of course they are picking fifth overall and a lot of people have them going for Josh Allen out of Kentucky, the edge rusher. Some people who are higher on him than others are saying Josh Jacobs, running back out of Alabama, who is the consensus best running back in this draft. Seems to be a good do-it-all sort of player. But do you really go for a running back that high in the modern NFL draft? Um, I, well... Obviously, you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sa- Saquon Barkley was I, I, a generational talent, though. They need a running back. They really, really do need a running back. They um, not not having Peyton Barber. <sighs> no, and I feel bad because I I pay a lot of attention to Guy Vaynerchuk's podcast, and he's just signed Barber for Vayner's 
Vayner Sports and mm. seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter, lots of showcases about maybe getting a new deal and all of this work. But no, they need they do need a ta- another talent at that position. It's not working by committee because the quarterback play hasn't been strong enough. I agree with some of the kind of fan forums on Tampa Bay. They're looking at Jonah Williams yeah. to protect Winston. If you're to give him another year and give him another go, then mm. give him as much protection as possible because he's got weapons on the outside. But they could go anywhere with this pick. Yeah, They're probably in, other than the Jets, they're probably in the strongest... Like The Jets are in a strong position because anything they do is just going to add value to that roster they're building Tampa Bay just need talent so anything they do at 5 is going to be beneficial you're looking there's White available at Mm -hmm. 5 as well there's Williams you say say they're they're in the best position like one of the best positions because they are so bad (laughs) everywhere (laughs) this is general managers all he has to do is be on the right right (laughs) side of history and get one of these players that's going to be good for 5 to 6 years and I say Alabama players are strong there, so you know Williams. He's coming from Alabama. You can, and then there's yeah. also Juwan Taylor from Florida. There's there's so many ways they can go. Devin White, uh, linebacker. He's so he's one of the one of the top two linebackers there, definitely. From what I've heard, and I know it's hard because like ESPN and some of the other um, agencies that speak about this are so LSU heavy in terms of their analysts. But Devin White does seem to be on a lot of people's boards just yeah. a slam dunk. Yeah. In terms of talent and um, immediate impact. Yeah, he seems like one of these guys who can really do it all in, in, in terms of his ability to rush the passer, uh, even playing coverage. He's pretty quick. But he's someone, selfishly, I'd want to be on like the Jets or the, you know, just mm-hmm. a, a team that's actually competing. Put him on on the Buccaneers, and he might get lost in obscurity for a little while because they're just not ready to challenge. So sometimes that's just how it works, though. It w- it wouldn't be fair, but that's what happens. You get some of the, some of the greatest players in NFL history have just sat on terrible, terrible rosters. Barry Sanders, one of the greatest running backs in the NFL, ran behind n- nothing. Like there was no offensive line for him for his entire career, he still ended up producing. People know he was great, but he never got a chance at the big game. Real shame. Tampa Bay, they've got some talent there. I don't think they should have let Adam Humphreys walk out of that building. They should have paid him. Uh, he's managed to head off from free agency on a nice big deal. Very good for him. But yeah, they could certainly do with some some work at wide receiver as well. Their second round pick is at number thirty nine. So there's a, still a good chance that there'll be a couple of those mm, relatively high-talent wide receivers available. Possibly uh, A.J. Brown and Keel Harry. Those, that's the sort of guys that keep coming up in the conversation for a good, solid second-round investment, I would think. They do seem like one of the teams that will take a leap on you know, your Paris Campbells or your Andy Isabellas to try and make a little bit more space to throw to. But... It's also the kind of idea that if you're going to do that, then why not just keep Humphreys? Mm. So they need to protect Winston. Um, they're probably one of the, another team that just needs to get their game plan together mm-hmm. offensively so they're not just lobbing long balls. There's a, 
the issue they have is that they were always they'd do well at the start of a game they'd fall two touchdowns behind and they asking Fitzmagic and <laughs> Winston to throw the ball every play and it's just not going to work they need to be a lot more structured in their game plan that was one of the more unique seasons I've seen from an NFL offense in that they well, certainly at the beginning of the year just throwing it up it was going everywhere and all these yards and there was all piling up but then was there not a game where they had something like 560 yards uh, passing or something like that Still but they scored about 7 points I don't, I don't even know that was possible it just seems like one of these, these things that should not be possible but so, so yeah like they clearly have the ability to do it so yeah just get some more personnel in you, you, you clean some slates What's going to happen? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think that fifth pick that they've got is really strong. Yes, that's a good position to be For in. me, that I'd pick White there. Um, I think that you're getting a slam dunk in terms of talent. And if you can crowd the box and make a few plays at linebacker and get mm-hmm. to the quarterback, then it opens up so much more for the offense, which yeah. is already pretty strong. In terms of yards per Possibly. game. In terms of potential yards. I don't really yeah. know where it's going to go. They, like, uh, uh, like they just White. can't be chasing as much as they are. Yeah. Devin White obviously would uh, slot in nicely for uh, Quan Alexander, who was a really high energy but uh, reckless player who's gone over to San Francisco. That would make sense if they were to do that. Anyway, that'll do it for the NFC South. Please listen to more of our divisional roundups for this. Got plenty of content coming for you over the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, please uh, continue to listen. Give us any feedback. And we love you. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)